This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of experience counseling pilots. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here is your host, Carl Valeri. Welcome to episode 117 of Aviation Careers Podcast. My name is Carl Valeri and I'm your host this evening. I am joined by Eric Crump. Eric, welcome to the podcast again. What is happening, Carl, and everybody else? I'm so glad to be here. <laughs> That's cool, man. I It's been a little while, and uh, we have some exciting news and uh, some really interesting things moving forward. What we're going to do today, Eric, and, and people always ask about this, is when we're going to do more questions and answers. We have a ton of questions that come in. I uh, Just a couple of announcements, though, before we go into those questions. Number one, uh, if you want to have your question answered on air, we try as hard as we can to get them all out there and, and read. We've been getting so many of them, and uh, we haven't been able to get to all of them in every episode. We start getting a little bit behind. Uh, we are trying to do either longer episodes or more episodes that are shorter. We're going to try to do a short one now, maybe put another one out uh, soon after that, see what happens. Uh, but we are trying to answer your question. On that note, a lot of you people have asked me about coaching and, and what coaching entails. And I, I, I've been uh, doing a lot of coaching late, lately in career counseling, etc. Our coaching, basically, we call it coaching. A lot of people call it career counseling, but I don't like to do that because in reality, what do we do? We mentor people. We help people move forward in their careers. We do things like help people with their resumes and cover letters, uh, interview preparation for different airlines. But the biggest thing is we help people make decisions in their careers and moving forward with their careers. One thing we are not, and this is something I need to stress in the coaching, we don't make the decision for you. I know Eric has a, a student at his uh, school that was, we did coaching, and, and he kind of said to me, he says, well, I, you know, I thought you were going to help me make this decision. It's like, yeah, I'm not going to make the decision. I'm going to help you make the decision. Uh, I'm not for what here. it's worth, he did say the same thing to me, so it's not just you. <laughs> yes. Well, and, and that's an important point, though, is that I am the one that's going to give you certain insights, along with the other coaches that we have. We're going to give you certain insights into the career, into your decisions. We're going to give you decision-making types of, of matrices. We're going to give you all the tools we can give you, but you have to own the decision about your career. You must own your career. It's your career. What we're going to do is help you along the way. The reason we do coaching, you have to remember, this is a family-friendly show, and it's, uh, it's out in the public. There's a lot of things we can't talk about here on the podcast that we can talk about in one-to-one coaching. And uh, some things like picking schools, et cetera, you know, we have certain limitations on what we can say about certain schools, uh, but uh, there's many more things we can say, obviously, in private. Uh, and we can share in private that uh, you know we've been asked not to say in a public forum. Uh, so just I'll, I'll leave it that part there as far as the schools are concerned. But as far as coaching, man, I'll tell you what, we get into a lot of things. We get into your personal background. We get into all the little things that you you have in your background that might affect your your employment in the in the future. We talk about a lot of personal goals, uh, your family, where your money's coming from, where it's going to. I'm not a financial planner, but we talk a lot about money and how you're going to get the money to move forward in your career because it's, it's extremely important, isn't it, Eric? You should know. Well, I, I have I have one, I think. I think I have an aviation career. Um, uh, but no, I just to go a little bit in more into what Carl said about it being your career, I, I get this all the time. And I know Carl does it in, in counseling, but the, the students come in and it's, um, well, what should I do? 
well, I, that's your decision. It, for me, coaching and mentoring is not about it's not even about helping you make the decision. It's about opening your mind. It's about trying to get you out of your bias, get you out of this this rut or this certain uh, tunnel vision perspective that you may or may not have. But coaching or mentoring to me is to try to open your mind and get you outside of that little vacuum that, that you're in right now and to expose you to some other ways of thinking and some things that maybe you've never even considered to help you make a better decision. That's that's what coaching and mentoring is for. And I think, um, I mean, it's a shameless plug, but I think what uh, Carl and the other coaches do there um, is great. And for me, you know, my um, if, if if you had an option between um, you know career counseling, mentoring, and corporate aviation, and you had to choose between Eric and Tom Wachowski, you should go with Tom because Tom. Tom is like the guy, right? That's but, for sure. but I do get I do get to talk to to several people about um, trying to pick a college degree program. That's my area. I can help you out with that. Um, and I'll never tell you which program you should go to. Um, even my own, actually, I'll tell you. Um, you know, if you're looking at, at my program, that's great. But you need to look at some others too, because getting out of that tunnel vision and looking at all the different options is going to help you make a better decision at the end of the day. It is your career and Carl and me and everybody else just wants to make sure that the decision you make is one you're going to be happy with long-term. That's a very good point. And Eric, I think that everybody has to look at their, their situation and who might be the best coach for them. You just talked about it. I like, I'm glad you brought that up. You know, maybe you resonate with Tom or myself, or there's, you've, you've heard him on the podcast. There's many other organizations out there that have coaches and career counselors that are out there and they are very helpful. What you need to do is pick the person that, that you feel is going to help you the most and that you actually identify with. Uh, you know, some people say may not identify with me very well, but say they'll identify with somebody else. Whatever it is, you know, go with that person that you think is going to give you the best and most unbiased opinion on your specific situation and possibly even somebody who's been through what you've been through. I can understand why people would not identify with you. Um, and, I, and actually, anybody who's listening, I don't blame you for that. Um, I don't identify with Carl either, um, but we're just we're kind of stuck together, and, and we just go with it, don't we, Carl? It is. We're stuck. I think that's a we're great way. Together. That's a great yeah. way to put it. I'm glad you said it, Eric, and not me. Yeah. We are Well, stuck. let's not talk about marriage on the podcast. My <laughs> wife listens to this. Yeah, there's days. And we, like... we can't. <laughs> let's not get into spouses, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> Some days I think we're married. We fight enough. No, I'm just I, I think... Well, we if, if we spent more time together, we're both too busy. We, the only time we really talk is when we podcast. I know, I know. I hear this from my wife, but uh, you know, yeah. let's not go there. But you know, this is again going back to the yeah, coaching. If you, you, know, if you want to get into the personal thing, we need to do a coaching session. Yes, I think. we do. We need to get into. We definitely do. And, <laughs> That's and, not for the podcast. No, not at all. Not at all. And by the way, speak going back to, to we talked about finance. There are a couple of different people that I really like as far as finance is concerned. And what's interesting is that two of the people that other folks listen to, especially in my coaching sessions, do a great job when they're to try to move forward in their careers. Uh, I Gosh, I'm not sure I want to go over that in this episode, but I will say one person that I think is really good if you're you're trying to, to get out of debt and all is uh, – it does the uh, – 
uh, what is it called, the, the makeover, and uh, a financial makeover, and he's a gentleman out of Tennessee, and his name just goes out of my head, but there's another one that's great for a retirement, and that's Rick Edelman, rickedelman.com uh, or ricedelman.com. He is terrific about learning about your retirement and your life and what you need to do today to move forward. Uh, with your financial future, I really like him a lot. He's he's uh, he gives some really solid and plain advice, and it's free, just like this podcast to listen to. Uh, also, he's kind of fun. He's kind of kooky too, so that's what I like about him. Uh, so, and uh, the other one is uh, who am I? I'm thinking of here, Eric. I'm drawing on a blank. I'll remember his name. The the uh, but I'll I'll talk about that in a minute when I remember the name later. But anyway, let's move forward. Uh, one of the things, and I'll have links by the way in the podcast. So just go to Aviation Career podcast.com to check out those links the the other thing that i want to talk about financially is something i want to discuss with those of you out there that really want to pay it forward in aviation uh there's there's something that i've talked about before and i've been reticent to bring this up and it's kind of personal so we're going to talk a little bit about that and uh, it's also something i've I, I felt I couldn't say on here, but now I'm, I'm willing to say it. Number one, uh, as you know, I coach a flight team, and that's incredibly important to me. And it's the flight team at Polk State College where Eric Crump is actually uh, the aerospace director. I was asked, and we're very thankful for that, by the way. Thank <laughs> you for your for your kind heart, volunteerism, and positive role model. Well, with that, Eric, I think I'm going to ask for a double in my salary. Oh, a double of zero is zero, and. Uh, Speaking Even of, I can do that kind of math, Carl. <laughs> well, Even thanks, I can Eric. do that math. Yep. <laughs> now, now i got to raise. Well, and, and talking about paying it forward, here's a good example. I do this because, uh, especially the, the coaching uh, of the students there at the college for free and also uh, with coaching the flight team, because uh, I think that's, that's part of, the, of paying it forward in aviation. One of the things that I really enjoy about helping the flight team is this, is that the fact that what they're doing is they're – they're learning how to compete, how to compete with what I think is the most important thing, compete with integrity, and learn how to win because they're going to have so much competition when they go into the world of aviation. And I know right now at the regionals it's not quite as competitive as it's been in the past, but you know what? When you get to the majors, it's going to be competitive. And you've got to realize that what you do now is so important towards your future. It also it, it helps you in making decisions about your life. When you start playing sports or doing a flight team, etc., you, you make sure you work within the rules, and you can win without cheating. You can win by doing things the right way, and that's important to learn. You know, that's like we were talking about this this evening. You know, there's, so, there's people that are out there, and they're, they're robbing banks, there's criminals. Then there's people that are out there building businesses, and doing it the right way. You know what? It's easier to do it the correct way and to move forward with integrity in life. You know, if if you're doing something that, that's illegal or nefarious, or if you're competing and you're cheating, then you have to worry about a couple things. You have to worry about your conscience. You also have to worry about being thrown out of the competition. It's incredibly important to compete with integrity. And, com- and being able to rest at night is also a pretty pretty decent thing, too. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. So that's something that I like to instill in people. But but let's get to the, the Polk State flight team and coaching that team. I'm actually asking you for some help. 
Uh, if you're listening to this show and you're in aviation, uh, I'd like to know if you could do me a favor. If you would consider possibly donating maybe an hour of your time, or in any field, I should say, not just aviation, but an hour of your time towards the flight team. So if, if you could figure out what you make per hour, if you're on a salary, just divide by 2,000, that's that's uh, kind of standard in the industry. Or if you're a flight instructor or you're an airline pilot, uh, we would love you to do that. Or if you can't donate an hour of your time, anything, you know, $5, whatever, $10 will help us so much. And I'll tell you why we need the money. Number one, we're trying to go to the regionals this year, and we are going to the regionals. And we'd like to someday go to the nationals. But because of the constraints, and, and Eric can, can get into this in a minute, but because of the constraints of a state-funded flight team, a state school with a, with a flight team, I should say, funding that flight team has certain challenges, but we're willing to overcome them. We have we are competing against large schools such as Auburn, uh, Embry-Riddle, FIT, that have incredibly large budgets that are, are private schools and have some well-endowed donors. Uh, we have me, we have a couple other people out there. Now let me let me uh, make you understand also the the type of people that are competing. It's the students that are at the school. I think over ninety percent of them are uh, get some type of financial assistance. Uh, the type of people that we have as students, many of them have to work other jobs to be able to afford to go to school. It's one of the 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 best values in education in aviation. Uh, but even at that. Uh, people struggle to make it through this program because of of the fact that they have so many jobs. Some people haven't been able to even compete, like last year. Some people couldn't compete because they had multiple jobs and they couldn't make it to the competition. What I'm trying to do is is, is make sure that those students get to those competitions in the future for the regionals, the nationals, and even next year. But I'm asking for your help if you can donate anything. The one way you could do that, uh, this none of this goes to me and it has to go directly to the Polk State uh, foundation. Uh, it's It has to go through their website where there's a link from my website to get there. It's aviationcareerspodcast.com slash donate. We don't, none of this money goes to me. It goes directly to them. That's why I link it to their website. And, uh, and it really does help. It helps go towards uniforms. It helps go towards the airplane, uh, hotel rooms, getting out there, transportation, all these other things. Uh, other schools have actually had to drop out because of the restrictions on the because of insurance, say, and also on the the money side of things. But we want to make sure that these students, because they work so hard and come from um, a demographic where you know they they don't have you know the airline. There's not as many airline pilot parents and doctors and lawyers parents that are that are in our in our school right now. I mean, there's more and more, obviously. Uh, but a lot of these people aren't of the means that that you have I you and I possibly, if you're you're listening to me now. Have uh, have been blessed with, and I'd like to bless them with with some donations, and that's what I'm asking for. So aviationcareerspodcast.com/slash/donate. And Eric, explain a little bit to to the listeners before we get into some of the questions. Uh, why what the challenges are with a, a public school as far as trying to fund a flight team? Sure. So, like any student organization, um, they're provided with funding for travel expenses and things like that. But um, to to take aircraft to a competition event, to um, fuel said aircraft, to fly the aircraft, um, and then to uh, secure hotel rooms and things like that. 
obviously that that small budget bequeathment is going to go away really quick. Um, I have to say, uh, just to be really clear, um, Polkse is incredibly generous in their um, in their support of our flight team. Um, they give everything they can give, um, plus a little bit more. Um, and it's not just and, and Carl talks about this in the podcast a lot. Um, not everything that we give is money. Um, it's time, it's, it's resources, it's, um, people, it's experience. And the college is very generous in that way. But as a state institution, there's not a, you know, a, a huge, um, pot of money around. Um, and, and I think that, you know, every flight team at every school in our region specifically, all of the teams go out and do fundraising. They all have to do their own fundraising because no school has a bunch of money sitting around just to apply to a flight team. Um, all of these students are doing fundraising activities. And, and I think that's the important thing about this. It's not just the competition. It's, it's earning the right to compete. These guys work really hard um, in events. Um, we're fortunate to have Sun and Fun right here in our backyard in Lakeland. Um, and so we're able to work events there and, and, and gain funds that way. Um, and so it, it, this is – please don't view this as a handout. Um, that's not what it is. Um, these guys work incredibly hard. Uh, for the money that they they're able to raise, as do our all of our uh, competing teams, for that matter. Um, but you know, our our students, I I consistently view what they do and look at how hard they work to succeed. Um, and quite frankly, I know Carl feels this way. It's inspirational to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it gives me a reason to go to work every day. I mean, I see what they do and and how they do it and the the dedication that they put into it in studies and. Uh, in work and flight training and in all these ways. And it's really, it's, it's really encouraging and inspiring to me. And, and to the extent that I'm able to contribute back to that in in the way that I can, I want to do that. Um, and obviously, you know, Carl gives up a considerable amount of his time to, to volunteer to coach no pay. I mean, <laughs> occasionally I get him a free cup of salsa at the Mexican restaurant, but <laughs> that's about the extent of Carl's compensation. He spends his time. He spends his gas money. He spends. He's taking all from work to be able to go uh, to the competition to act as a coach, and and that's that's what I'm saying. It's it's not all money, but at the end of the day, everything has a price. Um, and to the extent that you guys are able to uh, participate and and work with us in this, I would certainly appreciate it. And I can tell you for a fact that our students, it means the world to them. Um, it's the it's the difference in them being able to do it or not do it for what that's worth. Um, and so I appreciate Carl taking the time to, to plug it. Obviously I plug it as well. And I think that, uh, you know, for, for my time, my money, my resources, I'm really glad to be a part of it. And I hope that, um, you can, uh, sort of live vicariously, I guess, uh, through their success and their ability to do this. And I, I think that you'll feel the same way. Well, thanks, Eric. Thanks for clarifying that. The, the school has been, been wonderful with, with so many different resources, but, uh, you know, the bottom line, we need more money. And uh, the best way to help out is aviationcareerspodcast.com slash donate. Also, another thing I want to talk about, if you are in school right now or you're thinking of going to a college and you're thinking of uh, getting involved with a flight team, you know, what is the flight team? The flight team competes on many different levels, both in the air and on the ground. They have ground events and they have flight events. They have regionals and then the nationals. But uh, what's really interesting is the networking that happens at these events. And another thing, when you move forward in your career, think about this. If you're in school right now, that you might want to think about going to a flight team and putting a knife of flight team on your resume that you were involved because you are probably going to find in the chief pilot's office or in one of the hiring boards at one of the airlines you're going to or a flight department you're going to, somebody that actually was involved in the flight team. 
And uh, I think that's very important. I had this conversation with uh, some of the folks that were doing hiring, and I said, you know, how important is that on the resume? And they said, well, that's really important because if I see that on a resume, I'm probably going to pull their resume and say, I want to interview this person. So just think about that. I think that's really, really important. Uh, and also, if you're somebody who has done this, you know, get involved with it. You know, do something uh, as far as getting involved with a team uh, or anything else. There's so many other things that you can get involved with, with helping people out move forward in their careers uh, and being a coach in any way. So, uh, so again, try to help us out if you can. Every little bit counts. Uh, also, remember, talking about coaching, uh, you are the one that's in charge of your career. That's one of the points I really want to make in this this podcast right now is that you're the one that's in charge. You should get as much help as you can from as many people as you can. Get as many mentors and as many people as you can in in your group uh, to consult with to move forward in your career. Well, Eric, uh, I'd like to also you know thank you for everything you've done uh, with this podcast and uh, and everything you've done with the the students here at the school. So I think you've done a great job there. I love this podcast. Um, <laughs> I, I love being able to participate in this. And I know I say it and maybe you think I'm not serious about it, but I really am. Um, hearing from you guys, hearing your success stories later on, um, again, incredibly motivation inspirational to me because just like Carl, just like anybody else who's listening to this who has already been successful in their career, we were once not. We had once not started. And we're all here as a vast product of all the different people that impacted our lives, gave us advice. Um, there were good role models and some were bad role models, but we learned, we learned from all of that. And, um, you know, I just, uh, I appreciate being able to do this and I, I live vicariously through all of your success. So keep on succeeding. Well, Eric, uh, with that, why don't we start taking some questions and get moving? We should do that. that. I like questions. Yes, I do too. It's it's. I like this first question too. This is up my alley. Yeah, this is awesome. And by the way, feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com if you have questions. Just go to the website and click on contact. First question comes in and says, hello, everybody at the Aviation Careers Podcast. I've been listening to your podcast for a little while now, and I've gotten to a lot of great information. So I want to say thank you for that. I'm 26 years old and have my associate's degree, and I plan to get my bachelor's degree in my search for a stable career that will be enjoyable for me and support my family. My wife, I've decided on a career as an airline pilot. That's really cool. Yay. Yay. We are very excited, and after listening to many episodes of your podcast, we feel that it is a great fit for our family. By the way, we have two children with the hope of more to come. Well, congratulations. That's awesome, man. Uh, I can speak to the two thing being cool. Yeah. I, I can't speak to more than that, but the two thing is good. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot of work, man. I see, I see what is. you do. Yeah, that's incredible. Every child is like eight times more work, so yes, it's, it not, it's not three times the work. It's like 16 <laughs> times the work. <laughs> well, God bless you, man. That, that's incredible. Uh, anyway, one of, one of the main reasons, he continues, I started thinking about this is my dad had his private pilot's license, and that is actually how he was able to date my mom. Mom, they lived a fair distance away from each other, and instead of driving four hours each way, he would fly his airplane over the mountain to see her. You know, that's how I got my wife's phone number. Oh, you're kidding? Yeah, that's (laughs) exactly. I mean, there's cool. no way she would have given me the time of day. It was, yeah, it was the airplane. <laughs> and, and, I, uh, 
it totally hooked me up. (laughs) Dude, I tell you what, as an aside, this wouldn't be appropriate for this podcast, but I think we need to do an episode in Stuck Mike Avcast just about dating using an airplane. I I have so many stories about that. I would love to do just a whole episode on that. Hey, being the only kid in high school who was flying airplanes, I'm just saying. It does have its its benefits. That's awesome. That's awesome. Anyway, well, he continues. He says, upon getting married and starting to have kids, my dad decided that the money would be better spent towards his education and raising a family and decided to forego his aviation hobby. Ever since I was a little kid, I can remember him looking up and pointing out airplanes and helicopters and telling me all about them in great detail. After hearing about aviation in my entire life, I guess it was natural for that to rub off on me. So now I'm looking into getting started in my aviation career. I've talked to my dad, who I believe is a valuable resource, and asked for some of his his advice to convince him to do the training along with me. He does not want to go on to fly for an airline or do aviation as a career necessarily, but definitely wants to get his license renewed and be able to own or rent an airplane. I, however, am aiming for a long-term career at an airline. The plan that we are trying to set in motion at the moment is to purchase a small airplane ourselves for us both to use while training with an independent flight instructor. So I guess my first question would be, are there scholarships out there specifically to help people who already have a private pilot's license, such as my dad, renew their licensing and begin their basic training again, even if they are not going to go on and get any additional ratings or certificates other than that? So let me quickly answer that. Yes, there are. Uh, obviously, in the collegiate world, there's more, but there are scholarships out there to get people back into flying again. There's grants. There's, there are, they are out there. We have a few of them in the scholarships guide, and that's at aerospacescholarships.com or aviationcareerspodcast.com. Uh, click on scholarships. Uh, so there are there's many different avenues you can go in that route. There's also local clubs, and there's people that will help you get into flying again, and there's, there's many different avenues there even through AOPA. So I really I, I'd tell you to go look towards those. Uh, my next question is, also about the scholarships and whether or not there are any that can be awarded if you are going with an independent flight instructor rather than an aviation academy. Of course there are. Uh, there's, there's scholarships for everybody. Uh, many of them are specific to state, region. Uh, they're not specific to school. There are a lot of them that are specific to schools, even employers. I mean, if you look at companies like the Jet, uh, the Scholars Program at, at JetBlue Airlines or the scholarship programs at Raytheon, at Honeywell, they're specifically for the employers and uh, for the employees of that of that uh, uh, of that uh, company. And something you need to look at if you're working for somebody now is see if they have scholarships available there uh, at their. At it is amazing. Oh. I'm glad you said that. It is amazing the number of employers in this day and age that have tuition assistance programs. Employees of those companies who don't even know they exist. Um, and I guarantee you, if you work for a company, you know, small to medium-sized company that doesn't know about tuition assistance, ask them to talk to whoever is their accountant, and I bet you they'll seriously consider it because it is a huge tax benefit to the employer to do it. Um, and there's so much tuition assistance out there, and there are so many people who are working for a company who have no idea that um, you know either vocational, college, um, or uh, academy-style instruction. Um, is available, that there are tuition assistance programs at their employer right now. Uh, that money is there. Uh, just if you're, you know, you got the HR person, talk to the HR person. If your employer doesn't have that program, then might be something they want to look at because it's very tax beneficial for them. 
And by the way, if you do have an employer that you know of that we could put their scholarships in our guide, that would be wonderful. Uh, just send us a link to that because we're trying to put as many of those in now, uh, employee-specific uh, scholarships, because some of these huge companies, just like you said, there's a lot of, lot of scholarships out there. And for, for specific degrees, specific uh, movements in your career, and for other things like getting your ratings or we're actually getting current again. So, yeah, they're out there. Uh, he continues, says, On the list we purchased from you, I noticed that some of the requests you put the name of the school you're attending, but most of them do not. Do the ones that do not have a specific preference listed have the option to be privately awarded scholarship? Yes, there's a lot of privately awarded scholarships out there. Uh, there's a lot of, of scholarships, just like we said, that are trying to get people to fly and move forward. Uh, Eric, do you have an example? Because I have a bunch, but I just wanted to see if you... Oh, my goodness. I would say that the vast majority... Mm-hmm. Are are that fall into that category? I can't think of one off the top of my head, but you're the scholarship king. Yeah, there's there are there's a bunch of them out there. There's uh, you know AOPA uh, to to get people back into flying again. There's there's many different uh, individuals that I'm not even sure that they have them publicly out there. Uh, we've been trying to get some of those in there. I'm, I don't want to name it right now because I'm not sure if we've been able to put the one in the in the school in the scholarships guide that I'm thinking of right now. Uh, but there are some that have privately come to me. Interestingly enough, the thing about having in such a large scholarships guide is people come to you and say, hey, listen, I want to give somebody a scholarship to get their glider rating. How do I do that? And uh, and then we, we kind of get together and talk about that. As a matter of fact, if you're interested in doing a scholarship, let me know, uh, because one of the things we've become proficient in uh, just out of doing the scholarships guide is helping people put scholarships together. So, uh, so let me know if you need help with that. Um, hey, can I say one thing about the um, the up earlier about the dad who wants to get back into it? Yes, I thought about this and and for, forgot to mention it a second ago. AOPA has a program that you may or may not be aware of called the Rusty Pilot Program. It's really really good. These are seminars that are held all over the country. Um, they do a, there's a little online presence for it too, but basically it's the it's to try to get people back into aviation. It's the exact boat that your dad's in. It sounds like um, these are. You know, seminar type things where a lot of people will come to. It's a social event, um, so you're around other people. You're sharing stories. Uh, what did you fly? I flew this. Where did you fly at? Whatever. So, in addition to actually learning about airspace changes and regulatory changes, and you're just shaking the cobwebs off your aviation knowledge, you're also meeting flying buddies. So it's you're you're meeting a group of people that you you can you know communicate with socially. Go fly. Go get the hundred dollar hamburger or whatever. So highly recommend AOPA's Rusty Pilot program. If you haven't already looked into that for Dad, uh, do that. I think Dad might get some out of that. And that that actually is just such a cool program. I, I just can't say enough about it. So I could go on it for for hours and hours. I think that's such a neat program. There's so many people involved. But yes, look at the Rusty Pilot program, and there's others out there. Um, anyway, the uh, getting on with his question here, the uh, the last question he has, and this is a really cool question, uh, is that. Uh, he asked, I have been hearing quite a bit from your podcast and from friends of mine in aviation world about the split between majors and legacy airlines. How would you define the difference between them? And it's That's actually, a great question. It is an awesome question. And honestly, we talk about it too much without defining it, and it's really easy. Uh, remember a major airline. Let, let's just talk about major airline. It's simple. That's a number. Usually if a, a U.S.-based carrier uh, has more than a billion dollars in revenue in a fiscal year, that's considered a major airline. It's that simple. So I've worked for a couple of major airlines. One of them was considered a regional airline. So many of the regionals are actually considered major airlines. I'll give you an example. ExpressJet, SkyWest, Endeavor, major airlines. They're huge. 
They're doing over a billion dollars in business. So now we talk about legacy carriers, and sometimes people really haven't gotten a solid understanding as to what a legacy carrier was, or is, I should say. And it kind of it goes back to, to the days, I remember this, when uh, before the Airline Deregulation Act in 1978, when we had all these different airlines that were, you what know. What Carl's saying is he's old. Uh, but oh keep, keep on going. Keep you, on going. You don't remember these, Eric? What are you trying to say? I, I, you weren't I'm around trying to then? say I'm not old. <laughs> oh, I wasn't actively pursuing my career <laughs> during deregulation. No. no, I was not. Well, well during deregulation, the, the cool thing is all these low-cost carriers started uh, popping up. Up and all these other carriers, not just low cost, but many different carriers, primarily low cost, started bobbing up. Uh, we we didn't have the government controls uh, on the airlines like we did before, like as far as the routes and what airlines could fly on those. And the way you distinguished yourself back in the day was through the services that you had on your carrier, etc. Now they can compete on price. And it actually was a big shakeout in the industry. Because people were actually, uh, they weren't making money, but trying to make it up in volume, and that doesn't work. Uh, so they were losing money on every flight, and a lot of them went out of business. So basically, all those carriers that have been around, say, before that, before 78, before the Airline Deregulation Act, uh, under, uh, was that Jimmy Carter back then? That mm-hmm. was that was the, the, the legacy. So let's give a good example of what a legacy is. A Delta is a legacy. United is a legacy. American Airlines is a legacy. Southwest Airlines is not. So that's not a legacy, and, and a lot of people think it is, but you have to realize that was after deregulation. So after de- well, Delta what uh, organized in 25, 1925, 26? Yeah, it was definitely something around there. Then. Yeah, it was. Down it was in, way back in the day, down yeah. in uh, well, down in the Delta. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, God. What's the name of that airport? You see, not Shreveport. Was any? I can't remember now. But uh, where they started off, a lot of, of aerial spraying, et cetera. And I know someone. Mm-hmm. It was an agricultural airline, yes. or it was an airline. It was an agricultural. Application company. Yep, it yep. was, and it, it's interesting because someone's going to write me in and say, "Oh, you know, this is where they got their start." I should know this. I mean, this is—I remember going to the airport all the time and checking it all out. All of the Delta pilots who listen to this podcast oh, are, gonna, are about to send you emails. They are totally <laughs> going to hate me for forgetting how to. I think it was. Uh, I think it was actually in. Uh, it may have been. Was it Mississippi? Was it Jackson? Oh boy! I honestly can't remember either. I teach this and can't remember it, yeah. but it's late. Give me a break. You know, yeah. I've had a long day. It actually okay. I'm wrong. It was founded in Georgia. And it was, I now remember, is in because I used to fly in this airport, Monroe, Monroe, Louisiana. Uh, they used to fly the, uh, the yep. different uh, crop dusters there. So I remember it out of there. And prior to that, uh, was uh, the actual formation of the company was actually in Georgia, but yep. uh, they moved it to Monroe. So now, and then they moved it back to Georgia. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, yeah, finally went back to, to Georgia there. So yeah, that's, that's what it was. It's coming back to me. I knew it would. It's uh, this is what uh, happens when you get a little bit more senior. Because we should do these podcasts earlier in the morning. I oh think my God. while we're still <laughs> mentally fresh. <laughs> that was that was too embarrassing. I'm uh, going to start calling you by a different name. I'm going to start calling you something other than Carl. No, don't it's, do that because I might getting... answer. <laughs> I might answer. Oh boy. Um, anyway, do we have time for another question, Eric? Well, I really want to do this next question. This, again, is, is right at my alley. Cool. So, Let's uh, get it in. Move ahead. Uh, one more. We have one more question here that we can do. So here it comes in. It says, hello, Eric and all. Uh, I'm 21 years old and from Western Massachusetts. I wanted to thank you so much for what your podcast has done for me. I had always had a plan, but as a low spot and hit in my life, I became unclear with my direction and the next step towards my flying career. 
After hearing the inspirational stories from people on your and other podcasts, I now hear this quote in the back of my head every day. Just take one step towards your career every day. I hear the same thing. When I wake up, when I go to sleep, I hear Carl in that in that musky Carl voice. Musky. Just take one step today towards your... Yes, every single day it's burned into my brain. I feel your pain. I'm sorry. And, and, <laughs> It's interesting. A little background on that, by the way, is that one of the things I used to own an international food trading uh, business, and I was uh, primarily because Carl has literally done every job on planet Earth. (laughs) No, I haven't. I've never been a server, never uh, worked in a restaurant. I've sold a lot to restaurants, but never been in one uh, to work. And what's interesting is that. I used to always tell my salespeople, you know, just do something today and just do something to move forward. It doesn't matter. Just call one person. Think about somebody to call. Put down a, put a list together. Just do something because if you're not moving, you're moving backwards. And if you're not doing anything, you're frozen. And eventually, you're going to melt and you're going to move, but it may not be where you want to go. So, uh, some, you know, a lot of people ask me if I've ever listened to inspirational videos, tapes, etc. Uh, God, I can't remember how many of those books and videos I've I've listened to and watched. Um, hundreds of them. Uh, interestingly enough. Uh, I went through some of the programs and just kind of dropped out of them because I was so busy growing my business at the time. Uh, so yes, I've had that entrepreneurial life, and that's what I've always told the people that have worked with me, is to always, always move. Take some step, a big one, a small one, just keep moving forward. Uh, so anyway, so that's where it came from. Uh, let me continue with his question, though. I started my flight training in the beginning of high school, and with the help of my supportive family, was able to acquire my private pilot license just after graduation. Following that, I went to study aviation science, part 141, at Bridgewater State in Massachusetts. I did not fit in well at the school and was not provided the flight time I needed to acquire my readings, so I got cold feet and left after just a year. I transferred to the University of Maine to study mechanical engineering technology and a tie to aviation. That's cool. But after a year of studies, I decided flying was the path I wanted to take. I've now been living at home, working for my parents' uh, construction business, getting a Bachelor of Science in Aeronautics at Embry-Riddle Worldwide. have about 160 hours and almost instrument rated under Part 61. My goal has always been corporate slash private business flying, bush flying, or helicopter flying, uh, like long line, bush work, EMT services, etc. My question for you, if you or your colleagues can possibly help with, is... I know this is a heated debate on the podcast. But <laughs> no, not at all. No, definitely We not. never argue about this. <laughs> <laughs> I love this question. I, I know, But flight school versus staying where I am. Flight schools in Florida or across the country will provide accelerated training, possibly connections, and this decent financing options. I'm about halfway done with my bachelor's at Embry-Riddle Worldwide since I transferred so much so I could do a program and come back home to finish building hours and finish the degree. Or just stay here and continue doing local training. Local Part 61 training is great for flexibility, provides great experience, and pay as you can. But I am a very shy person, and building connections at a flight school where you fly and leave can be difficult and daunting for me. Do you think one option would benefit my needs better? Um, that's a good question. Uh, it it uh, sounds like to me, you know, there's, there's a... Uh, a good tie with the school you're in right now. Uh, you are on a track and you're moving forward. Sometimes interrupting that track can be quite difficult. Uh, so you might want to think about that. 
Uh, there's a lot more here in the backstory. Obviously, we can't get into, but I, I'd love to hear more about it. Those are the type of things we can do in a coaching session. But, uh, but yeah, I think uh, I think you're well on where you need to go. That the only thing is, uh, are, are you going to be able to get the flight time that you need? Uh, especially looking at weather, that type of thing. Something to think about. What do you think, Eric, before we move on to this? I was wondering if you were going to ask. I was sitting here thinking. I was thinking of not wonder, asking you, to be honest. I, I wonder like, nah. if he's going to let me speak. But I no, bet no. you, Carl is thinking in the back of his head, the best thing I can do right now is not throw this to Eric. Um, Here's a softball. Like, yeah, like we <laughs> just lob it right in my face, Carl. Um, yeah, it's funny. Like, occasionally we talk about the topic of, um, but, uh, okay. So the Embraer worldwide program is really flexible. It's great because it's an online program. It's great because it's an accelerated program. So it's quicker to go through. Um, we, uh, Polk state partnered with riddle worldwide, uh, very soon after starting our program, um, because it provides a really awesome, um, uh, uh, bachelor's degree and postgraduate opportunity uh, for our students. So I, I, I definitely understand the draw of the program. Um, can't see anything bad about it. The trouble is when you study through Embraer Worldwide is that you don't have access to flight training necessarily. You still have to do that on your own. Um, and there are plenty of uh, colleges. I can't speak specifically to Massachusetts, but I know that Embraer Worldwide partners with a lot of uh, community and state colleges like Polk State, for example, who provide flight training options that then provide articulated credit opportunities or, you know, basically walk my degree from one place to the other type um, agreements. Uh, so those those opportunities are everywhere. Um, and um, I, yeah, again, I can't speak uh, negatively about uh, the direction that you're going. In terms of, you know, where do you train? I mean, 80% of the world's training happens in Florida for a reason. I mean, everybody comes here for a reason. Um, it's, you know, you've got 340 flyable days a year. You've got, um, some of the best airspace in the world to train in. Um, so, I mean, I, I can't tell you not to train in Florida because you, you should totally train in Florida, but, but that's not realistic for everybody. Um, certainly. Um, and I get what you're saying about, you know, the pros and cons of, uh, part 61. Actually, one of the first podcasts Carl and I ever did together was um, kind of a discussion about pros and cons on Part 61 versus 141, um, and just to sort of lay it all out on the table. The Part 61 option does have the flexibility, uh, both in terms of scheduling and in terms of cost, and it's kind of a misnomer that, well, Part 141 training is accelerated and Part 61 isn't. That's not true at all. Uh, Part 61 training can, can, and in many cases, is accelerated training as well. Um, so I, I wouldn't say that there's really, you must do it this way or that. Um, it sounds like though that the, um, perhaps the social aspect of the learning experience is something that's difficult, but still very important for you. Um, and like Carl said, that's more of a coaching thing just to understand it a little bit better before I would try to rush to a judgment. But I think in some cases, um, we, we know statistically we know verifiably from research that when we when we work together in a group in a group learning environment um is is not only more beneficial in terms of what we learn but the speed we learn it and the amount of learning that we retain because we can feed off of each other's strengths and help each other out and all that stuff and and that's educational psychology that no one cares about except me but anyway um that's there is there's something to be said for that um and when ending with that question is tough though is is which one is better for me it's 
I would say, much like Carl said, more than happy to discuss that more um, in a more personal way. Um, but it's really hard to say, again, like we talked about, what is coaching really? It's not this is what you should do, but we can absolutely help open uh, some doors to pros, cons, options, that kind of thing. Um, but I think the path that you have right now is certainly a tried and true path. Many people have done it this way. It's, you're not setting yourself up for failure in the rate that you're going now for whatever that's worth. And I, I think that's important, too, as far as coaching, like you just said, is going towards uh, even people that you you know in the industry. Uh, and, and you can throw these ideas up against them. I think that's really important, too. Uh, so the, the one option and the other – there's uh, it's it's difficult to make that type of decision here on this podcast without knowing about five thousand more things, not five thousand, but a few more things. Uh, so it's really important to make the decision based on your specific personal needs because you own this career. This is your career, and that's something that's really important to know. So Eric, I think that was great. Thanks for thanks for that input. I was going to just blow over your comment, but I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Would it wouldn't be the first time. It wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> See, Carl has to be nice to me on the podcast, but as I soon do. as soon as the recorder stops, he just he's so verbally abusive to me. I am. Um, he treats me terribly, but yeah, and that's why you're giving me a raise. Uh, the 100%, <laughs> Two bowls of salsa yeah. at the Mexican you restaurant. Got, that's it. Just what I need. <laughs> just what I need. Um, anyway, another thing that he asked. This is a really cool question. I think this is awesome. Uh, it, applying underqualified. It, it goes underneath that whole topic of applying to a, say, a, a job when you're not qualified for the job. For instance, mm-hmm. the airlines are doing this now. Uh, people are getting hired with like 500 hours even though you need to have an ATP. Uh, they're just they're conditionally hiring people. They're allowing people to get moved forward. So now let's switch to his question. We had a student get hired with a hundred and no, with eighty five hours yeah, conditional job offer with eighty five hours. I mean this is this is the real deal, guys. <laughs> this is uh, this is I know where my job is going to be for the next you know three years. I can plan out the next three years of my life today. That's a huge deal. Yeah, it's it's really cool, and I think it's awesome that they're doing this. We never saw that, um, but it's no, uh, we didn't. Uh, mentors, though, I've seen in the past uh, the mentorship programs. I know that there are certain places like the unions are doing them, that type of thing. But I think that's that's really cool uh, that they've been doing that. But anyway, let's let's specifically talk about his question. His question is this: Is this a thing in the business, quote unquote, aviation industry right now? The thing being is are the people applying underqualified. I've heard of people that have gotten sponsored by a company or person to complete their flight training. Would you recommend starting to apply to companies flying aircraft such as a 206, a 208, a PA31, etc., as an underqualified candidate to try to get training paid for? Yes. When anybody asks me, should I should I apply? My answer, by the way, is always going to be yes. Uh, a couple reasons: it gets you in the pool. It also uh, gets you in front of them. So don't ever be shy about applying in general. I think the real question is, uh, you know, how how would I stand out? As a matter of fact, let's move on because that's as is his question further on. He continues: uh, What qualifications or certifications do you recommend getting to set yourself? away from the candidates or front of i think is what he really means now i'm not talking about actual ratings or flight training but something such as an fa dispatcher certificate amp or anything that helps you seem more rounded and hireable business cards i'd love to make one and to hand out to people if a flight opportunity arises but don't know what to put on it since i don't have a degree completed and no employable ratings what type of information would you recommend putting on those business cards boy there's a there's a lot here 
And, mm-hmm. and I think this is awesome. I, and one of the things that I recommend, not just FA, dispatcher, AMP. The AMP is good because some of the corporate flight departments like to see that. But, but every single thing, uh, if you're in Boy Scouts and you got your Eagle Scout, put that on there. No matter what it is, remember in the corporate aviation world, it's all about networking. Uh, business cards can be simple. One of the things that I recommend, and I probably don't push this enough, and I, I really should uh, because I use it myself, and a lot of you contact me through this, is a thing called LinkedIn. And a lot of companies are out there and have profiles on LinkedIn. It's more a social networking uh, site for business. And uh, remember to try to keep it more business-like and not talk about what you had for lunch that day or whether you sat on their beach watching the dolphins. It's more of an interaction with, with the departments like of people that are going to hire you and also networking with other people in your field. Uh, it's so. a great way to get to know the company, what mm-hmm. they're about, what their philosophy is, who their key executives are, the people that you – I mean, you know, we talk about name dropping and it's cliche, but when you understand the background of the key executives in the company, you start to understand what the company's about, and that makes you sound really intelligent when you do get the opportunity for an interview. Um, on the business card thing, though, I would say um, one of the things – and I don't remember who it was the first time I saw this, but I thought this is such a great idea – it was a student who handed me a business card. I was at a conference. Um, he identified himself as a student from uh, from a college and handed me his business card. And under his name, his title was Future Aviation Professional. And I was like, this is the best idea I've ever seen in my life. Um, and uh, and I, so I would recommend that. You're, you're not employed necessarily in aviation right now, but you're going to be. And you're not only going to be employed, you're going to be professional. Anybody um, – you know, in a in a recruitment role, is going to pick up on the keywords there, um, and they're going to see motivation. They're going to see drive. They're going to see commitment. Um, and I'm telling you, uh, I, I've seen it. Carl's seen it. Um, you know, people who get picked up in corporate opportunities. Um, had a student actually who got picked up uh, flying turboprops. No prior turboprop experience. Um, strictly because um, had his stuff together. I mean, just really honestly, is a really um, quality candidate and i think uh that that goes a long way it sure does it sure does and you know it's that old elevator pitch you know put it there on your your uh card but also think about this and i like to use this term it's a twitter pitch can you can you talk about yourself and who you are and where you're going in that short of of a sentence structure 140 characters i think it is and uh that's your elevator pitch right there by putting there a future professional pilot future airline mechanic future uh, manager of airports. I think that's really important to have that on your car. That's a real great idea. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, Eric. Uh, yep. And LinkedIn, man, it's an awesome, awesome thing to get involved with. And by the way, networking on LinkedIn, I talk about this in coaching, but I think one of the most important things is getting involved in those groups in LinkedIn uh, of people in your field. Uh, those are wonderful ways to network. Some really serious people and industry leaders that are there. Uh, anyway, so I hope that hel- helps you there. By the way, and he uh, he actually goes on, and we're going to close up with this one. He says, I, I now look forward to hearing the podcast and now catching up on all the old ones. I've never been more excited to start flying a career and would love to speak with you guys further about career services. Well, awesome. We'd love to do that for you. Uh, and with that, we've uh, kind of run out of time here. Eric Crump, thank you for joining us here on the podcast at the Aviation Careers Podcast. It is always a pleasure. And remember... 
um, take the one step to. I'm sorry, I'm gonna let Carl do it. He's better at it than me. His voice is better. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know about that, Eric. But you're right. Uh, do something now. Do something today to move forward in your career. Take that one step today and do something. It may be something small. It may be something large. It may be putting together a card or actually a LinkedIn profile. But do something now to move forward in your career. I know you'll you'll definitely thank me for that for that one little piece of advice, folks. We'll talk to you next episode and i can't wait to hear your stories about what you've done in your career take care you have been listening to aviation careers podcast an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career this aviation podcast is produced by the valeri aviation corporation although host or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast Compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research. Music by Billy Wheeler. All rights reserved.